This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Yeah, this last ball radio with your Brentford fan show. The chaps from Be Sotted in the building this evening. That includes the main man himself, Mr. Billy the B Grant. Good evening, Aaron. How are you? Not bad, not bad. I bet not as good as you. I'm telling you, mate, I'm still buzzing after Saturday, mate. It was cold, but it was absolutely wicked. David, Rotherham. David Anderson, I mean, he made his debut last week. He did. It's two and but two. He's back. It's, it's two and two, but. Tell you what, we thought winning combination. My man comes on. We win. We thought if we bring him back on, we'll win again. <laughs> I mean, it's it's slightly a better you know method than the Palace boys because they think they're eating you know South Indian mutton rolls on a Thursday before a game. It means they won't lose. Mm. So so I can see why you're using this one. It's all about those sort of those those weird quirks and whatnot. So yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. Um, and you notice today, two's company. Freezer crowd, mate. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I was say, but it's a bit weird not having someone to my left. Be it Liberal Net, be it GP, be it you know uh, Jerry the cabbie, be it Laney. Yeah, well, we've left the seat there. For be him. it Hartson. Mm. Oh, the Hartson. In there on Listen to Hartson, mate. You know he's up to all sorts of shenanigans. Yeah, so. well, you know all sorts of skullduggery, <laughs> old Hartson. You That's know what right. he's like. Well, we thought we'd leave the chair there anyway, so that you can, you know, if you if you just want to talk to the chair, you can believe there's a third man there well, or just woman. Rest my coat on it, really, and other forms of you know garments. That's right. Um, plenty to. <laughs> talk about this uh this evening champs looking back at the rotherham game looking at the league table and the form card of course brentford seven unbeaten now i believe it's right seven games including the cup game we were chatting about that in our production meeting before in the pub <laughs> um and yeah seven games including the cup and uh yeah things have definitely taken a bit of a turn we'll be talking a little bit later in the show we'll be doing a bit of analysis you know dave is our little stats guru here man as well if you check out his articles in besotted.com um he's written he, he does a little sort of statistical analysis of each game afterwards you know he breaks it down with the coaches he breaks it down with the key players he breaks it down with the there's no old man this week i was very no, disappointed no i, I don't think the old men are worthy on the rotherham team but that's another conversation that is another conversation <laughs> indeed you know yeah plenty uh else to talk about will evans gives us an opposition views the bees take on the bees at the hive uh, uh, on monday night fake bees Fa- well, mm. fake bees yeah the bees take on the anyway we carry on uh with digress talking transfers as well and i'll give you my usual i looked over the bridge stadium update as well yeah. <laughs> look forward to that every single week um chaps talk to us i mean rotherham are an interesting side in the sense that they've come up with with paul warren great guy really 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 great guy um but it's just not quite working is it for them uh, well you know uh, they give it a go yeah they, i'll tell you something we'll i mean again we'll we'll, we'll have a little further discussion after we hear yeah. the fans a little bit later but what the f- one thing i thought about the rotherham there is a they had a bit of spirit 
B, they did cause us some problems. You know, they did launch the ball into that area lots and lots of times during that game. I think it was, mm. was it 31 crosses they actually yep, kind of got in, crosses. you know, compared to our seven. So um, it works for some teams. It doesn't work for, against other teams. Um, they, they've only lost twice at home. Rotherham as well so you know they're hard to beat you know they've beaten teams like Derby County Swansea you know Swansea so you know not many teams take points off them at uh, the New York Stadium they're a good side up there you know so I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't knock the Rotherham like I said mm, up no. at the beginning of the season uh, besotted uh, um, bloggers I've got a little bloggers guide as well where all the bloggers we said that you know got to write exactly what all the teams are going to do who's going to be promoted who's going to be relegated and uh, I'd said that I didn't feel that Rotherham was going to go down this season Everyone believes they're going to do, but I just think they're one of those teams who uh, are going to go against the odds slightly. And I think they're going to, you know, the way that they were, I think they're going to be fighting until the very, very um, end of the season. I think I think they will as well. I really, really think uh, they will. What was the New York Stadium like? I've been there a couple of times. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that say they like the New York Stadium. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a bit sort of five out of ten-ish with the New York Stadium. I think, you know, inside it's right, you know, it's quite circular, it's a bit, bit, bit. Yeah, bland a bit bland you know it's the the outside with the with the logo bit and the glass and all that lot it actually looks good and if you see it from the town center as well it's it's like i said it's a glow from within rotherham again rotherham uh one thing i will say to the, you know you get, you've beat the rotherham um not many people i would say would be listening to and i say this show but listening in general would have been to rotherham they might have been to sheffield they might have been to leeds rotherham is not the place that you actually kind of sort of necessarily stop off in all the time no it's 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 very it's quite it is quite a, a rundown you know place it was you know from from mining community and everything like that and if you see it in the town center it is quite desolate you know a lot of kind of shops closed down and everything like that and, and obviously it's got a lot of recently a lot of history which has gone to do with you know you know several cases that have happened um which is you know which is basically given rotherham a, a bit of a kind of vibe but if you actually speak to the people there they're actually really friendly and really really nice um really really friendly really 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 nice set of people as well so you know uh, but it's really interesting because you go to the pub then you walk out the stadium um you walk out the pub and then you see this sort of glowing stadium in the distance in the middle of this town which is kind of quite desolate and it actually does actually look quite good in the distance and, and of course you can still see the old millmore as well you can i have to put my hand up and say i actually never went to millmore no no it's one of the one of the few stadiums that i never went to i, I just it was one of those ones that you played every year and i just thought oh, i'll go there next year i'll go there next year before you knew it boom it you was, can pop down and have a look yeah probably i should do that actually um i went to the don valley when they played there which was the most horrendous what, was, it, place. Is, was it as bad as the goldstone ground not the Goldstone Ground as uh, as no, Brighton and uh, no no it was a uh, with Dean Stadium with Dean. About. was it as bad uh, as the it Whitting? was much worse than with Dean Stadium it was I think you, everyone was in, there was only one stand that you're in as well you had the big running track behind it was an, absolutely no atmosphere and it was in the middle of an area which was just horrendous it really really was so uh, it was one of those places that you go I'm never going to come back here again <laughs> and I never did you know but uh, tell you something as well you know what we want to do because we're going to say this very early as well because obviously we've got our podcast which is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast pride of west dot london we normally comes out on a thursday evening but this week we've got a bit of a bit of a special and we've got a bit of a we pulled a bit of a guest in and uh we think we're going to go out on friday so i think everybody must make sure that you tune into that check out the podcast on friday because it's going to be a good one trust me we're down the pub on thursday night this time so we've got one night extra and obviously we've got the barnet game on the monday so we thought tell you something let's just push it back a day let's get this little special guest in let's get down the pub and let's have a right good laugh so you should check that out definite 
you know and and also David remember we talk about cups we talk about cups we'll talk about Barnet later mm. but the B team as we talked about last week they beat Wingate and Finchley so they're in the semi-finals of the London Senior Cup and it was announced today that Brentford have uh, because they're, they're playing Dulwich Hamlet but they've decided at home they've decided to switch the match so the match is actually going to be played at Dulwich Hamlet on the 12th of February it's a Tuesday night the day before we play Aston Villa it's going to be at the Hamlet six pound to get in and they're donating making sure that Hamlet gets all the money for that Brentford don't want any money so all the money's going to Dulwich Hamlet so yeah, hopefully work. a few bees will be going now I'll be definitely be down there of course you will of course, course you will else. good good work to uh, uh, to, to Cliff Crown and Matthew Bennett and, and everyone who made that happen as well because right. everyone knows Dulwich Hamlet Phil need, uh, well, there you go everyone needs uh, what Everyone knows Dulwich Hamlet need every penny they can uh, uh, they can get. Ten past nine. It's uh, Bolton nil. West Bromwich Albion one at the University of Bolton Stadium. Bolton really been giving it a go in the second half, and we've seen Sam Johnston pull off an absolutely worldy of a save uh, earlier on in the second period. Of course, that game, uh, chaps. I don't know if you've been keep keeping tabs on it, but oh, yes. Well, the Bolton fans protesting against Ken Anderson, their owner, who's, I mean, some, some baffling circumstances at that club, but, uh, there, yeah. There are. I've been chatting to them, my, my Bolton chums, as you know, we've got chums, and they actually went down to Forest Green Rovers mm. on Saturday, actually, and uh, there's, a, you know, there's a few of them went down on Forest Green Rovers. About 350 Bolton fans went down on Forest Green Rovers on Saturday, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they went there, and the, the T-shirts made, and yep. uh, they donated some money to the, the Supporters Trust for Bolton, but it's, it's a bit of a sort of kind of strange, you know, sort of loving that they've got between them and, and a player is it uh, Deich, Deich? Christian Doidge Doidge that's it Doidge who uh, who was at Bolton and then afterwards he uh, <laughs> he went back to Forest Green because they couldn't afford to buy him and uh, and then there's a bit of a loving going on but there's a obviously like I said to you there's a bigger picture and that bigger picture was you know it's been started from a long time beforehand but obviously um, ex-Brentford player Dean Holdsworth has been mixed yeah. up in this whole thing because he was involved in an initial um, uh, the, the party that actually went to buy the club which he was involved in and uh, I did hear sort of, you know at the time when it was happening that he was trying to extract himself from the situation allegedly of course I'm going to say this is cool of course so uh, yeah I don't know what was going on but he obviously must have sniffed there was a bit of a rat yeah interesting see, uh, situation there at Bolton uh, Bolton nil West Bromwich Albion won the baggy still leading through that Jay Rodriguez goal in on 19 minutes on the way back from this though uh, we'll be hearing from the fans after the match make sure you stick around because uh, it's going to be interesting listening to uh, to what everyone's at and listen to the Rotherham fans mate. Well, there they you are go. brilliant That's it. it's Love Sport Radio with your Brentford fan show this is Love Sport Love Sport Thomas Frank has come right over to the Brentford fans I mean like literally he's doing the old hand on the harp and he's doing the kind of waving and everything like that he's loving it he's loving this applause he's giving it giving it proper proper large you know what I'm saying he's got the fist in the air now but um, um, Barbe's got the fist in the air, you know. Jean Vier's got the fist in the air, Jean Vier. Jean Vier. I'm telling you, the Brentford players are absolutely loving this, and I am loving it too. Uh, wonderful result, uh, wonderful performance as well. Four quality goals, and at times in that second half, we passed them off the pitch. Uh, has to be said, though, uh, they got a lot of crosses in, dangerous in the air. Bentley made a brilliant save in the first half, but we're by far the better team and a thoroughly deserved first away victory. The expectation, no, but hope. Hope was higher 
come in today than previous away games. They had to be confident after the way they performed last week. Rotherham on a bad run, so if you're going to win that away, then it's going to be a day. But it? we're saying Rotherham haven't—they've only lost two games away from home, and they—they they were looking a bit tricky, don't you oh, think? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, they definitely were not the worst team I've seen us play this year. Other teams have been far worse, and we've gifted them goals and lost. This lot give us a game, but our confidence is growing. And we stood up to their comeback, and when we went the four-two, you knew that was it. Absolutely then. loved it. Absolutely, the general was amazing as well. The Absolutely g- star. For the first 20 minutes, thought we bossed it, and then unfortunately we let them back in. But second half, yeah, last 20 minutes we was on fire. Thomas at the end as well, he was potty for it, wasn't he? Yeah, at the yeah, end. yeah, he was amazing. That's it now, he's turned to the fans, I reckon. There were about four, six foot three or six foot four players on the other side. So it was always going to, that was their tactic to get a, a corner or a freak or a throw in. But what made it for Brentford today was that they this incisive up front. It's really, you know, excellent stuff. And the team's got spirit which I didn't have. They didn't have six weeks ago. At home, when they're at home, they're playing very, very well at home. They can't get a win away from home. Yeah, we can't win. We've played all them at, that's below us and we've lost. I mean, when we scored, when we equalised to make it to all, Brentford ran straight through middle, straight from kick-off, 3-2. Then same again for fourth goal. They've got. They were like. They were nobody at back. They were just switched off. We've seen West Brom beat Rotherham 4 0 down here. Yeah. And I've seen Brentford play down here today. And I think Brentford, what better at two sides that we've. That's interesting. So Brentford are better than West Brom. Well, listen, fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. I think they were. To, out of, both out of two sides I've seen down here West Brom and Brentford. And I think Brentford, what better football inside. Did you play badly or did Brentford, you know, were Brentford quite good? Brentford were quite good. They are they a good team. You had a good team. You, you scored two goals today, so when you scored them goals, didn't you think that you'd be able to squeeze another one? No. Why not? Because you had a good set of lads. I'm being honest. You know, honesty is the best policy, I'm saying. Well... From first first 10-15 minutes they weren't bad to be fair but then they actually faded after that and we could have took advantage of that but playing the different a different kind of tactics of what we would have played in a normal day like sort of Sheffield United game and people like that we've played at home we're just a, a different team altogether and show different qualities and it, Today we're just rubbish. I'm happy that we showed a lot of character today. We came back after two equalisers um, from Rotherham. I'm happy that we had four well-worked goals that we deserved. And I'm happy that the team were really pleased at the end and that Frank was really pleased at the end. It was a great team performance. So, you know, great stuff to the lads. Great stuff. They knew what they needed to do in terms of getting the ball over the back and they knew how to expose us. But what they didn't do is work out our strengths. And I think they left a lot of space in the middle for Sawyers and Makocho to ruthlessly exploit. And I think that was probably their downfall today and then when the third goal went in you know the analogy is boxing when someone loses their heart and it was very clear they lost their heart after that third goal went in and we were able to kind of really take the game to the to them at that point so yeah we just we bossed it we looked a quality team um i know rotherham weren't the best we've uh, we've come up against and we come up against better teams than that but you know w- at least we got what we deserved and we and we did do what we said we had to do we had to take the positives from the stoke game last week 
come up here and do a job and we've done exactly that so I'm really really happy um, I'm going to have a going to have a little medicinal whiskey on the way back and I'm looking forward to Barnet away Monday week um, and looking back to get into to league action where we're, we're looking um, we're five or six points behind the top ten position at the moment so happy days well I will hand you over to our um, chief songwriter El Scorchio El Scorchio what's, what's the score Neil Malbecki from France so we had a chance three million down the drain and Neil Malbecki scores again yeah, first away win of the season and a pilfered chant from, from the Brentford fans there. Neil Malpey came from France, apparently. Yeah, I know. So did, so did Tony Marshall. And uh, I'll tell you something, so did, uh, well, so did some French people, didn't they? Yeah, I know. <laughs> English press said he had no chance, 50 million down the drain. Yeah, anyway, uh, a, a first uh, a first away win of the season for the Mighty Bees and, and, and a good one as well, a really good one. It was uh, the question that we have to ask, though, because um, from what we heard, I mean, 15 games that was... Um, that Brentford since their last away victory and uh, Mr Goodbrand <laughs> is out there he's actually done a few little calculations as to how many miles if you were a fan who'd been to every single one of those games you would have travelled quite a bit in it Dave you would have done you would have done so Julie, uh, Christian Goodbrand does some brilliant stats uh, he's actually worked it out it would have been 4,024 miles if you'd been to every single one of those away games seeing Brentford not win so and we were thinking, hmm, that's quite a, that's quite a distance. That's quite a distance. Where, where could you be? I mean, for me, you know, to go, what's it, 4,024 miles, for me, that means I would have gone from here to probably to fly to go and see my mum in Tallahassee in Florida. So basically, in that period of time, I would have flown to Tallahassee, or gone to Tallahassee, or got in a boat to Tallahassee, in the time that <coughs> Brentford had played all them 15 matches, the distance that they had travelled in those 15 games would have been the same as me going to Tallahassee. I always, I always shout out the away fans. You've got to always shout out away fans, going and, going and watching their clubs. Obviously, you, you, you do it a lot. I don't know. I presume you do as well, uh, Dave. But oh, he's got the hand out, bro. He's got, <laughs> he's got the shaky hand out there. But we know we know a lot of the other uh, beasts sort of regulars you know they, they make their trips they, they, they do, do they, they do, do their bits right. and pieces but Dave, always important where would you have gone you know well, if the, the equivalent yeah so 4,024 miles give or take 100 miles what's 100 miles in a 4,000 mile trip you could get to Freetown Sierra Leone now that's quite a distance isn't it that's right that's right and, 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 and another one that I was looking at is because we were actually going to get um, Martin Allen today because Martin Allen we're talking about the FA Cup we're talking about the FA Cup today and obviously Martin Allen was um, manager of Brentford and of Barnet yeah. as well so he's going to come on the show um, now the fact is 4,000 miles actually gets you from here to, to Delhi as well so Delhi in India is 4,000 miles message Martin Allen just by coincidence he said Martin do you want to come on the show tonight he went hi there I'm on all day, I'm afraid. It's the middle of the night. I'm in the Indian jungle at a yoga spa retreat. So I can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. brilliant. So brilliant, brilliant. Martin. Brilliant. I, mean, I, I, I saw his cousin yesterday. I saw Bradley yesterday. And I asked how Martin was. He's like, yeah, he's, he's good. He never told me he was at a yoga spa, though. <laughs> I, I, d- I don't think Martin wanted to sort of uh, mess up his macho image. Uh, he certainly has one of them. Uh, let's be fair. It could have got me to Dubai again, couldn't it? 4,000 yeah. miles. That's right. Yeah, it really could have. But, um, no, Dubai is even, you know, Dubai and more, mate. Exactly. Exactly. That's What's the furthest you travel for a away game? Uh, Brentford away game. Mm. 
probably Ascoli in Italy. Nice. For the Anglo Italian. Yeah, that was quite far. Probably Leeds for me. I don't think I've been further than that. Oh, yeah. not even Newcastle. No, no, not Newcastle. The way you said so, what did you say? Newcastle. Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. The furthest in the UK would be um, either, well, probably Newcastle, Darlington. Is there Newcastle? I've done Newcastle. Carlisle. No, Carlisle, actually. We've done Carlisle quite a few times. Carlisle. Uh, I personally haven't actually got as far as Plymouth, believe it or not. And I've I'm been loyal. I've not been to Plymouth. I've been. <laughs> Celtic. Yeah, but I've been to, to, to Exeter, Exeter quite a few Exeter. times. Exeter. St. James's Park. That's right, Exeter. Celtic, uh, I've done. Rangers are done. Oh yeah, but not with the yeah, but what with with Man United, Celtic with Manchester United, yeah. Oh, oh, right. oh five or six Champions yeah, League, horrendous journey. Yeah, yeah. You haven't done it. You haven't done the Anglo Italian Cup, though, have you? No, I've done the European Cup though, and went to Moscow. Yeah. Uh, that that was quite turbulent. Inter- yes, Tur- interesting. Hi- yeah. Highly turbulent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to take a short pause. On the way back, uh, we're going to be uh, talking more Brentford about a rubber game. Yeah, exactly. We've got your opposition view around half past nine as well. Looking forward to talking to Will Evans then. 1-0 uh, West Bromwich Albion They've just passed the, uh, the hour mark at the University of Bolton Stadium. We'll keep you up to date with that as things go. Love sports. <laughs> Yeah, we are love sport with the Brentford fans of the chaps from B side. Bill, where do you want to lead off from uh, the Rotherham game? We just talk about this Rotherham game because you know it was it was so it was just brilliant because obviously you know we hadn't won two games back to back well since the beginning of the season. So September, yeah, yeah. So to get this, you know, to Should get this game and get this result, you know, it was uh, it was really really fantastic. But the, the, also the worry, the, the fear was there as a Brentford fan. We went one nil up with a couple of minutes to go, really well taken goal, you know, and then we thought, yes, you know, we we can relax now, look at us, we're ahead, typical Brentford, you know, looped the ball in the middle, we've gone behind, you know, equalised again, scored a second goal, we thought, yes, we've done it again, and then they did the same thing again, and then they equalised, and you just sort of think, this is typical Brentford, you know, we cannot get that win, but the fact that we actually did the rebound, and Makocho scored an if you again, if you've not seen this goal, just go on to Google, YouTube, whatever you have to do. Just check out Brentford's third goal from that Rotherham game. Mococho, it is absolutely yeah, quality. Straight from the kickoff, it was class. just, just pass, passes. pass, pass, pass. Fourteen passes. You know, it wasn't quite as many passes as Stoke, which I think was twenty-one, mm. but it was still equally as good a goal. And uh, the thing to me that really excited me from that is the fact that Makocho all of a sudden he's come in and he's scored two goals he's looked like a beforehand he was orchestrating from the back and mm. playing the ball out and, 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 and being that sort of kind of you know defensive midfielder but then he's moved himself up the pitch and bang he's become an attacking player and it's one of the things that we've been missing recently is having somebody in that position to be able to actually score goals as well. It's all right doing the business and playing the ball out, but yeah. to score goals. Yeah, true, true. So, so Makocha before previously would sort of sit back, uh, yeah, probably scream, but now I think the confidence is there for them to break forward and he picks up that position on the edge of the box, he gets cut back and he's that, that finish, he, he's done this since he's been at Brentford actually. He, really good strike from the Come edge on, of the box. Come on, he's the general. He is, he the, is general. the general. But I, 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 I prefer to call him the lion actually, the, the African lion. He's, yeah, you, you have to be different, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the question I ask is that, you know, is this the result that breaks the camel's back for Brentford? Because obviously we needed to get that away win under our belt. We've been desperately trying, you know, when us, you know, when we spoke to the Rotherham fans in the pub, as you heard them there, they were brilliant. And when I said to them, you know, that was our first, they said, we can't win away. They said, we're all right at home, but we can't win away. They said, neither can we. And that's our first win. And they went, you're joking. And I was like, yeah. And they were like really surprised. Mm. And I'm just wondering is that once you've got that off your back, 
does that mean that for us it's going to should become easier we've got an, an away um, game on saturday on monday at barnet which i'm never ever going to say it's going to be easy because it's always going to be tough they play brilliantly against sheffield united apparently so we have to really be on our p's yeah. and q's um but the good thing about it is that we know that you know uh, we're gonna we're gonna go reasonably strong i would like to think on monday so hopefully if we can keep the levels up so i'm just wondering if this is the result that actually's broken the camel's back uh yeah I, hopefully it has it has um so two 280 days over 280 days since the last um, last away win uh, I think it was back in April now I think it was Forest you have to think that now they can take that into another stadium produce a similar performance and not yeah not not sort of be worried about being away from home Barnet's a different opposition though they're 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 probably going to be well up for the cup that this is yeah, this is their season they look kind of safe from relegation it doesn't look like relegation is too troubling for them the cup probably means everything to them this year it's been a strange season with Bonnet mm. in, in, in the National League. Very, very, very uh, strange one. Uh, I think everyone expected to see Martin back in job. You never know. We, He's we busy. Might still, in, uh, we might still him. Yeah. Still, still see him. Uh, they. Yeah, when you talk about safe from relegation, they're six points mm. off of Martin's old team, Chesterfield. But they got four games in hand over a lot of mm. teams. You know, they're on twenty six games. A lot of other teams are on their twenty nines and thirties. Yeah, yeah. So Barnet have a lot of ground to make up. Thir- they got thirty five points. They win. Um, those four games in hand 12 more points takes them up to ninth and 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 on the edge of the playoffs whether they'll get to the playoffs or not i don't know because there's some tr- strong teams in that division yeah, yeah, I think the um, but them. you know the fa cup is the fa cup it's 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 the magic of the cup as they say or well, someone tweeted me saying the magic of the balls the other day i, I, I don't know what that's got to do with it but um it's it's certainly going to be an interesting one how do you see brentford lining up for this one do you see um thomas frank rotating things what do you reckon uh, I think he'll go. He'll probably. I think we might see Josh De Silva. I think we'll see De Silva play. He deserves a game. I yeah. think it'll be quite strong. Yeah. I mean, there wouldn't. I wouldn't change too much. Maybe Odebarge will come in. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think you know we'll keep it quite similar to the to the to the Rotherham game. We got we got to look back at the Rotherham game. Mm. We got to look at the games before that and see kind of you know. We're going to flip it a little bit, but beforehand we used to flip it quite massively. Yeah, too and much. And I think that I think much. the flip is I think the flip is going to be uh, is, is not going to be as much. I mean, just going back to the Rotherham game as well, strength and depth. I mean, you know, interestingly, players coming off the bench. Okay, beforehand we were. A bit dubious about Frank's substitutions, weren't we? We were, we were. It was um, the default sub was it was Judge. Judge was coming on. He was playing him out on the left wing, and it didn't it didn't ever feel like it worked. Um, it it just kept happening. It was the first sub, and it wasn't great. But now that Judgey's moved on, the first sub we're getting is Canos, and Canos is he needs to fight for his space. He, he's looking at Ben Rama. He he comes on now, and uh, we're actually looking a bit more threatening. Like he's pressing the ball high up. He dribbles. He he set up a goal against Rotherham, got an assist, a nutmeg through to Morpai. So now we're actually looking a bit more dangerous with the subs. We we look like we actually can sort of see out games and not and not relinquish pressure towards the end. I think the main thing that Brentford need to make sure they 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 remain and they, they become and they sort of remain is 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 the same as their um, their walkout song. Do you know what that is? Uh, no, no, you tell us. Hard, uh, to, hard to beat. Oh, uh, be hard fight. They need to be hard to beat. Yeah, well, you know, at the moment, you know, people are struggling to beat us. So, uh, which is, yeah, which it rings is, true. Which is, which is good. I've got to ask a quick question though, because obviously Thomas Frank 
there's a lot of people that are calling for his head again this is not pointing any fingers which are saying that people are very nervous and they thought we weren't doing well pointing for his head from like i said to you we talked before about from pundits some of the fans you know, people around, basically you know mm. um but even before people are just saying there's no way he's dead man running from sheffield united actually people were saying that when we lost to sheffield united at home which is uh the last week in in in, in november yeah brentford were unflinching in their support for thomas frank they were just like not funny what you're talking about we're happy with what's going on even though we were losing all these matches okay now we've come into it and we're doing really well why do you think brentford was so unflinching in their support for the manager good question why were they for me i think they've assessed it they've looked at it a young squad what are the characteristics of young squads sort of inconsistencies uh yeah dip of form heads can go a manager's gone but frank did a lot right he was uh he was thoughtful he looked at this and he looked at the team he he said lots of positive things in interviews afterwards he was saying they were trying hard they worked hard they were working their socks off this is going to turn around stick with us the boys are trying and it's paid off for him um i think yeah looking at the two sort of periods those first six games uh, not first six games so the previous six games qpr against hull it was it was it was dire times but frank stood firm he was he always sort of showed up well in the interviews spoke really well and paying the and paying the positives. What are the figures? I mean, yeah. So this is yeah, something I think we should look at here. So those six games between sort of QPR and Hull, when it was really looking, it's really looking bleak, and uh, there's a lot of negativity running around. But Brentford, I think they conceded 14 goals in that time, and uh, expected goals. Something we might talk about a bit later. But XG against was sort of 12.4, and that's not good. It was uh, it's a really bleak time. But these six games between Bolton and Rotherham the defence has been completely locked down so we've said that quite a lot chances against have absolutely plummeted there's nothing really going against Brentford's goal and uh, it, it was reflected in the numbers as well so XG against now is sort of 3.7 3.8 and it's that's a huge swing so Frank has yeah I mean he's assessed a problem he's looked at, he looked at what he needed to do got this team working really hard and i think they had faith in frank achieving these targets and, and just what's interestingly um, um we talked about this before i'm not going to go on about it again it's about this whole scenario where with us we i suppose the spanish people become emotional so if something goes wrong you think oh no you got to change it whereas i suppose the people in command have to basically be firmer mm. and hold their hold themselves now the i suppose the difference between brentford and anybody else is that if you look around football they're a lot of football clubs are irrational. You look at Nottingham Forest, okay? They've got Karanka, who's doing not too badly, but because he's in seventh place, they've sacked him. Well, the, he wanted to go. Yeah, he wanted to. Yeah, but I think there's probably there were things that were going on that mm. probably made that happen. Yeah, I think maybe the interference from the board doesn't help. Okay, but what is interfere? What is it? I mean, Mark Warburton said he was getting interfered at well, Brentford, from, and it wasn't, from, and it wasn't quite interference. No, well, that, no, that's uh, that, uh, inter- you're talking about interference or like you know a little bit of white noise off the radio. This is full blown. Can't get a picture interference with 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 not in front. We know about an Evangelos, and you know he's been very successful mm. at uh, Olympiacos, and and what not but he i think he he wants to pick the team it's a it's a very weird, weird setup they've got there okay again this 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 would have to be confirmed whether or not it's that you know he's put he's actually suggesting players and 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 karenka is not happy with the players he's you don't know what's the score going on there but i was using that as a point where you get clubs like that yeah you know astaville they keep changing 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 all the time if brentford keeps on doing the same as everybody else is doing we end up being like them 
and you you end up being kind of inconsistent you end up being kind of all over the place and i think that probably some of the the values that we've got is the fact that we actually kind of try and keep it a bit constant because we haven't got that many other um advantages other than you know what we use in the stats and, and the way that we build our club but we haven't got a financial advantage but if we end up going and being like all these other clubs and sacking managers after eight or ten games we'll end up being like them and having to pick up and start again all the time and that's not really about us so i think we've got a little bit more of a insight as to kind of how brentford operates by holding their uh their their, their nether regions um a bit better than than, than we do uh, let's take a pause we'll uh, we'll come back with an opposition view next love sports love sports the opposition view on love sport Yep, time for the opposition view on Love Sport Radio. Delighted to welcome on uh, Barnet fan, uh, I Barnet summarizer and former Barnet Football Club uh, press officer uh, Will Evans. Will, how are you, pal? Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? Long time, mate. Long time. Happy New Year. Belated Happy New Year uh, yeah, to you, you sir. Um, let's talk Barnet. Of course, John still. Uh, retired mysteriously under mysterious circumstances uh, a day or two after Martin Allen was relieved of his duties at Chesterfield. Um, you know, you, they've been going okay in the league, Barnet, in 16th position, but got plenty of games in hand over, over other teams. Yeah, obviously the cup run in the FA Cup and in the FA Trophy as well has meant that we've got a lot of you know, a lot of games to catch up on. In all fairness to John Still, there were so many injuries in the first part of the season. It's very hard to get any kind of real consistency you know so i think this team perhaps is a little bit better than 16th place it's just that he could never name a full you know best starting 11 if you like hello will this is billy man mate how you doing yeah not too bad thank you that's good i'm just wondering are you one of the barnet many barnet fans who uh were watching the draw when you saw brentford come out though you started rolling around on the floor um that wasn't my personal reaction although i must admit i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't delighted the, the way the draw went when it got to the last kind of eight teams I think it was to come out at least four of them were some of the real big clubs in the country you know and even though there's nothing wrong with playing Brentford but everyone wants to play one of the big big teams don't they yeah I mean I, I have to admit and we actually uh, we actually had the radio show so we actually watched it live on a Monday night in the studio here with Aaron so Aaron actually kind of hosted our our uh, FA Cup draw here and uh, we were quite similar as well we were actually quite gutted that we got Barnet in a, in a, in a way because obviously there's Man United I think there's Tottenham in the pair at the time there's all sorts of inverted commas big teams but then I think after a while we kind of tacked it back a little bit we actually thought this could be actually a little bit of fun because Brentford are coming down to the hive to the home of the fake bees and uh you know and and we're going to sell out sell out our allocation so we've got sort of two two and two and a half thousand fans down there as well you're going to sell out as well so it's going to be quite buzzy it's going to be quite a good little vibe and uh you know we've been to so many games recently we've been to Chelsea and everyone gets really excited you go down there you get smashed 4-0 and you know all this kind of stuff we just thought actually it might be quite good going down to Barnet you know it's going to be quite a tough game you play very well against Sheffield United so we're, we're actually looking forward to it in fairness, um, I think a lot of Barnet fans now are on the same page. You know, after that kind of initial disappointment, I think getting on TV on the Monday night really helped that fans knew that there'd be that money coming in from that. And then also, yeah, getting a home game where you can sell it out. And against, I don't want to say beatable opposition, but I think there's kind of a feeling amongst Barnet supporters that there is a chance of an upset at home against a sort of mid-table championship club, whereas if you're playing one of the one of the big boys, as you say, you're never going to really upset the odds. Yeah, well, you never know because they actually might put down a weakened side where we actually might we might put out a full team against you. We'll see. Um, 
tell you something though you weren't you you haven't prepared for this game particularly well i mean i know you went to braintree on sat on saturday and and it didn't go particularly well i'll be the braintree actually i went up there on a brentford day off with with the hamlet i had, I had a lot of fun in braintree it's a very bizarre place but it was it was it was good yeah we didn't um didn't play very well at all at the weekend but in fairness there were real mitigating circumstances we had our goalkeeper sent off after one minute um ridiculous bit of play from him where he pulled down one of the Braintree players in the box and got the you know, got the red card and obviously that member we on the back foot for the whole game um so even though the result on paper looks pretty terrible losing to you know, a team that's only won once at home all season 4-0 um it's probably a little bit harsh to judge the team on that one game considering the red cards yeah interesting hi will it's uh, david here hello david hi how you doing um yeah, just a quick question. So, live on TV, Monday, how are you going to play? What are you going to do? Tactically, what are you going to do to stop Brentford? I mean, I think, I think the team will be obviously set up quite defensively, you'd imagine. Although, that wasn't necessarily the case against Sheffield United. Joe Barnett still tried to play some football. And certainly under Darren Curry, we've been a bit more expansive, a bit less route one. Um, We've got some relatively quick, you know, offensive players. Efron Mason Clark, one of the youngsters in the wing, springs to mind. And I would imagine that Darren Curry will set up in a pretty traditional way against a, a, a bigger club of trying to hit you on the break with some fast counter attacks. Uh, interesting, interesting. And I mean, your top scorer is is it is it cool cool first as well? He's uh, and 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 Fonguk, is it? Yeah, Wesley Fonguk's been out of the side for a little while since Darren Curry's taken over. Actually, he hasn't quite had the same amount of game time that he had early on in the season which is a little odd because he's been fantastic up until now you know sort of goal scoring central midfielder um and i would think he might come back into the side uh because charlie adams our regular central midfielder is going to be suspended for this one yeah. uh, so he's got he's only got a goal threat and shaquille coulthers you know he, he's inconsistent but he's probably the closest to a natural finisher a natural poacher that we've got at the club and, and have you noticed because obviously still's got but have you noticed the difference in i mean i know that you said that you try and play slightly more expensive but have you noticed the difference in the side and what they're trying to do because maybe it's a case that you know with curry um it takes a bit of time i mean we know this as well you know when you're trying to change your style of football i mean when we had uve ross to take over from when andy scott was beforehand you know it, it took us a good couple of years to actually change from our slightly more kind of d- direct and sometimes slightly the groans more were quite loud <laughs> for the football to actually kind of uh, place the pass the ball around and the fans were also quite impatient at the time mm. you know they sort of say get the ball up there you know when they're passing the ball around it takes a bit of time <laughs> have you noticed that at all um I, there's certainly a team in transition in that sense i think um you know i thought that darren curry would follow in the footsteps of john still and be quite direct because he's followed him as, around as a assistant manager but um he seems to be trying to pass the ball a little bit more. And as you say, that does take some time. But there's already been a notable improvement. I think that's gone down well with the supporters who they weren't a big fan of Still's style of football, which was a little bit harsh because you know, he's been quite successful with it through most of his career. But regardless, yeah, I think that there is an element of transition, but that the team have adapted pretty quickly already. And I mean, and obviously new manager, 
um, Derek Hubbard, did you think at some stage you might um, might have the return of Mr. Martin Allen, who actually did our besotted uh, end of this season? Is, this social. is the Martin Allen derby, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so like I said, we, we, we got, like I said, you probably heard of it earlier, we got a little text from him earlier, and he's uh, he's not available because he's over in India at the moment now. But um, you, may, you never know, he might fly back for the match at the weekend. But did you think that he might be in the hot seat for the, about the 24th time this uh I must admit, I did have a moment when, you know, when that coincidence of still going and Martin Allen being, you know, becoming available after leaving Chesterfield pretty much on the same day. I think a lot of Barnett supporters probably thought, oh, maybe this is just a case of the chairman going back and, you know, reappointing what he knows because Martin Allen has been successful at this level. You know, he got us out of the National League last time. But I think there was a, a general feeling that maybe the club's either moved on or, or should be moving on from just reappointing Marcel Allen consistently because it's such a short-term option. He stays for a, for a period, always goes at the sign of a better job, um, and you can't ever build anything. And hopefully there's a, a feeling within the club now that it's time to try and put down some foundations of you know, building a, a proper side for years to come rather than just reacting, to, reacting in the short term. So I'm going to ask you, and we always do this as well, Monday night on the TV in the cup big team the real bees come down to see the fake bees Barnet score prediction I'm going to say 1-0 to the real bees but I mean Barnet <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you what keep listening Will because I'm going to give you guys a bit of a history on the actual nickname the bees oh, next yeah. we're going to take a short pause thank you Will Evans for giving us Cheers, an opposition view we'll bring you a full time score in about 5 or 6 minutes time from the University of Bolton Stadium as well stick with us it's Love Sport Love Sport 558am Yeah, it's Love Sport Radio with uh, your Brentford fan show. So, yeah, um, Billy keeps harping on about how Brentford are the real bees. Mm. And, um, yeah, I thought I'd just do a bit of research this week on, on the crests um, and sort of the, 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 the logos and, and, and the nicknames. Uh, Barnet were nicknamed the bees in reflection of the amber and black shirts. Mm. It also uh, is likely to have come from the local of Lo- location of apiaries do you know what an apiary is never heard of it no. me neither uh, let, let's google the word apiary um close to the underhill ground an apiary is uh, a location of where beehives and honeybees ah. are kept uh, that's close to the underhill ground in the early years of the 20th century coincidentally the nickname is similar to those two of barnet's name is watford and brentford so that's why barnet are called the bees brentford are called the bees because bill because we are the bees, aren't we? Well, Come on, the bees. nickname was unintentionally created by the students of Borough Road College. Yeah. Uh, which which is, is, I believe... Well, Borough Road College was... It's, it's uh, down here, it's down the road from here. Well, no, it was, it was in Isleworth, actually, which is uh, just off the top of Wood Lane at the time. A lot of people, well, the, the actual link to the page says that Borough Road is in... Borough, as in no, Borough High no, Street. No, Borough Road, no. it's, 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 um, it's flats now. It's flats now. Um, apparently, they attended the game at Griffin Park and yeah. shouted the college's chant buck up bees yeah. in support of their friend and then player Joe Gettins mm. uh, who played for Brentford between 1894 to 1895 yes. he also played for Middlesbrough uh, Corinthians and Millwall Athletic so 1894 1895 is before this Barnet thing yeah well there you go Bill there you go yeah. so uh, yeah just, just a bit of history on um, 
and oh why they are the fake bees and we are the real bees. But anyway, let's move on. Listen, which is all good. Thanks for that, Aaron, because, you know, it, 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 it's from a, a, a neutral source there as well. But the Table of Justice, we're going to talk about this very quickly as well, mm. because we think it's very important to talk about the Table of Justice, because now, as we're doing quite well as Brentford, you know, we're doing all right, much better than we did a few weeks ago. We were thinking, OK, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're 18th in the league, but you shouldn't be. You know, very similar to what the, the uh, you know, our Barnett friend there has said as well, that they should be higher in the league. And we're thinking, well, actually, yes, maybe we should be, you know, due to certain circumstances, we're not. Now, there's all sorts of statistics and tables and everything out there that says where possibly you might be as opposed to where you are. We just thought we'd have a look at it. And we thought we'd call it, you know, the table of justice. And we asked, does the table ever lie? So, I mean, David. Um, Sometimes it does. Yes, sometimes it does. So the table of justice. Yeah. So we're calling it that because it's been called that before by other people smith one of them but yeah a few others but so what we're doing we're looking at the table and we're trying to like make sense of it so is the position you're in at the table currently reflective of performance sometimes it's not so if we look at brentford for instance brentford at the moment they profile like a team that should be about eighth probably about eighth or seventh where's this based on so this is based on expected goals expected goals is a way to sort of look at shot data and the quality when of shots when did xg start well, coming it's been around for a while now for, you've got to well, sort of get on it it's coming to prim- sort of the the, the on permanence for when you saw it on the BBC on about the match of the day. No, about two yeah. years, about two last yeah. year or two. Uh, it's a lot older than that. It's a lot older than that. But basically what it does, it just looks at the quality of chances and uh, it's a really good indication of future performance. So goals is actually not a good indication of future performance, but expected goals is a better way to look at look at how you're going to finish. So what we're trying to do is look at the table and try and just work out, are some teams in a false position? Should they be where they are? And uh, there are a few teams that probably shouldn't be. So if we look at the table, Brentford are one that stands out. Uh, looking at expected goals, Brentford should be a bit higher up the table. What, what, what position? Probably about seventh or eighth position. That would probably be about a fair position at the moment. But there's other teams that are above Brentford. For instance, a Derby. So Derby profile quite badly in shots. They should be, in terms of the shots they take, they should be around 17th. And the reason for this is because these, these shot models, they look at the quality of chances. And, and Derby have someone called uh, uh, Harry Wilson. He, he likes to take shots from quite far out, which are low value. So he keeps scoring these. So at the moment, they're kind of being propped up by, by someone taking low value chances. But also, I mean, luck is very much involved in this as it well, is. because you may take a chance from 35 yards, it yeah. deflects off a couple of people and it goes in the back of the net, whereas another day it might not have, which is very interesting because this very much reminds me, and again, I talked about this quite a lot on the podcast a couple of years ago when Reading ended up making, getting to the playoffs and i remember sp- sp- uh, sp- uh, speaking to a, a, a statty person who a, lot of it, a very very high up very knowledgeable statty person mm. who i uh, said to oh god reading i mean how come they're so high up is reading and leeds really high up and he said in our in our table reading are about 17th or 18th and i was like but they're in the playoffs I said, mm, loads of luck it's every single last. time every time they've been really lucky they hit the ball and it hits the post and it goes in instead of out so it's interestingly because the following season reading did really badly because their their luck was in pinch but if, if you yeah. look, if you look at reading at that time as well one one big thing um similar to xg is you know sort of expected results and stuff like that you know very similar to like the polls panel if you like um <laughs> If you look at their results, I don't think they picked up a point against the teams in the championship eight 
eighth place and above but from 12th place to 24th they they beat them home and away yeah. and yeah. that's how they got into into those positions it was yes. very much a bit of a false position yes. and then again it just showed in the quality of the actual playoff final Reading versus Huddersfield nil nil yeah. Huddersfield I don't think it scored a, scored a, was it a 1-1 or a nil nil I think it was a nil nil wasn't it Ooh, it was a draw and, and Huddersfield beat them on penalties obviously yeah. but Huddersfield didn't score a goal in the lead up to those playoffs Yeah, but why, why are we doing this what's the point what's the purpose so what we're trying to do is actually trying to look at how important luck is in football so for instance, a team that a team stuck at the bottom. We've got Wigan, we've got Millwall. These pro, these teams are, are doing lots of things right in terms of shots. They should be much higher up on the table. So when does your luck? So so when you're it, saying Millwall and Wigan are higher in this XG table? They are. Yeah, yeah. They profile like teams that should be in sort of what like position? Eleventh. Okay. And currently, if you look at them now, they're sat down there in what twentieth, nineteenth. So so a question I'm going to ask just quickly because we're running a little bit out of time here, and this is something that maybe we want to spend a little bit more time doing because mm. I, I personally find it quite interesting. Who are the teams basically looking at that table? Right, Ipswich are in bottom of the league table and they're bottom of the XG table, so they yeah. look like that's they're right. in a right position. We say they're in a correct position. And at the top, we got Leeds. at the top, we've got the we've got the usual suspects. We've got Leeds, Norwich, Sheffield United, and they're probably about right as well. But it's just underneath there where you've got kind of teams that that have been lucky in the beginning and they sort of got their chances, they got their points, but the points aren't really reflective of their performance. So, so who are the teams we can take out? Do you reckon the teams we can take out? Do you think according to this? Well, Derby are a team we need to keep an eye on. Their their luck has to change soon. They can't keep scoring these goals from distance. Other teams up there probably Swansea. We got another one in terms of Forest. Where are Swansea? The, uh, Swansea about fifteenth, fifteenth. So they're sat in ninth at the moment. So they should be dropping away. Um, who else have we got? We've got uh, we've got a Blackburn. Look at the nineteenth best team in the league. They shouldn't be up there. They're going to drop away as well. So these are the teams that Brentford look to take out. I mean, obviously, this has got to be you know assuming everything remains the same. So Brentford have yep. to carry on doing what they're doing, keep it up, and these other teams don't have to. But listen, beside Pride of West London podcast, check us out on Friday. We've got a special guest. You're going to love it. It's going to be absolutely teething tremendous, as we say. Pride of West London, and also follow us on beside Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Make sure you do that. West Bromwich Albion have beaten. Bolton Wanderers by two goals to nil uh, this evening at the University of Bolton Stadium I'm back Friday night from 7 where we talk all things Chelsea and then Spurs it's going to be a massive massive set of shows after uh, what's going to be a fabulous game I'm going to on Spurs Thursday I'm going to Spurs Saturday evening <laughs> thank Paris. you Bill thank you David uh, thank you to Ben who's produced this evening as well Five eight AM Love Sport. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.